0: is over, and we're back. Go Kipper and Bourne. Show number 26, JB. I'm coming along. Derek Brandeo is our tech guy. Our producer, Sammy, is also joining us, but he is uh, joining us via satellite. (laughs) Is that still a term? Do people use that still, JB? (laughs) I don't know what he's... Is it via satellite, Sammy? How are
1: you, how are
2: you uh, communicating? I I plug a thing into my phone, and I press a button, and I talk to you guys. So uh, you can figure that one out. I have no idea how it works, but it's through my phone. And yeah, boys, I have just been in the sick bay all weekend. So I still wanted to come on the show. It's a big weekend, but I don't want to be hacking up along in the office. I don't think it's a good look right now.
0: Are you playing hurt right now?
2: Yeah, boys, I'm, I'm fighting it. I'm fighting it a bit, but I, I couldn't help... But, uh, you know, the Leafs beat the Bruins on a Saturday night. Uh, I'm not going to miss the show on Monday. Come An- on now. play a little Stewart. hurt for the boys.
1: Anthony Stewart always says the best ability is availability. You know, you showing up despite this, this is big, kid. This is big.
0: Let, let's, let's listen go. to him for the show before we decide that, please. It's true. <laughs> All right. Touché. What are you, handing a first star out? We haven't even dropped the puck. <laughs> Easy. Let's, let's see how, how this goes. Good point. Easy. Uh... Good point. Hey, do you remember when they were... Two, four, and one. And we had suggested this for Leaf Nation. Hey there, and thanks for gifting yourself these next few minutes.
3: It's <laughs> important remember to this.
0: remember that you're a priority and allowing yourself even just a few short minutes of intention. All right, all right, 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 right. <laughs> we don't need to all walk right, them we, through we, it. We, again. Don't, we don't need to go that deep. But since then, seven, four, and one. And as Sammy just told us, JB, a big, big win versus the Boston Bruins.
1: It's funny, all the auto L's we had penciled in for this team, it was like, well, sure, it's Chicago, Detroit, but then they're going to lose to Vegas, Boston, Tampa. And lo and behold, they hockeyed. They hockeyed well.
0: What a surprise. And I've been on this thing from the get-go style of play which I haven't even been comfortable going into Saturday night. And I thought we saw the best style of play so far this season. I thought as far as the contributions, we know what all the stars have meant to this team, but it was from top to bottom, the best showing of the season.
1: Yeah, that that was a, a fairly complete effort. Obviously, uh, things looked a little dicey after they gave up uh, the, the second goal and the third. But by and large, it looked like a pretty solid team performance. Why don't we throw to Sheldon, get his take on uh, how they got here, his his belief in the team and all that. I think
4: the biggest thing is we've just shown belief, you know, uh, to just stay with it. We've been talking about it for a long time. I think every team talks about it. Just how important it is to just to keep the belief in the room, block out the noise. You know, we <clears throat> five games in a row. We you know we've gotten points here. You know, f- for me, we've won three of them outright. Two of them we've tied and won the overtime. So I you know I look at it a little bit differently. But I take it back to Carolina. You know, I think I talked about it at the time that even though that that game didn't go the way we wanted to, I felt coming out of that game that that experience there, because I did think we played well in the game. We just played against a really good team that made it real hard on us, but I thought our team would grow through that experience, and it's been incremental. It it took time in Chicago for things to really turn and start to come, but since there, there's been incremental growth in our team, and and, uh, things have started to fall into place. This is a big win here tonight, and obviously just like we needed to block out the noise when things weren't going well. It's equally as important that we do it now and come back to the rink tomorrow and have a good practice and get ready for L.A.
0: See, Block out the bad noise. Sheldon watches our show. That's good noise.
3: <laughs>
0: because he's right. And we brought this up at the end of the week, pretty much, about Carolina being that true measuring stick. And I I look at what they've gone through and those are supposed to be better teams in, in Vancouver, Tampa Bay, and Boston, but they're not right now in even Carolina's league right now. I'm sorry, but I watched that Boston Bruins team and we know what the perfection line means to Boston, but... Outside of those three guys, if, if if they're not going, I didn't see anything out of the Boston Bruins lineup. And I don't want to take away anything from the Toronto Maple Leafs because I agree with Sheldon. They are slowly coming out of this thing. But Boston wasn't the powerhouse that we've seen in the past. You
1: didn't love the Bruins, eh? No, I did yeah. not
0: love the Bruins. Not even a little bit. Uh,
1: decor, decor not as good. Uh, I just in, in watching them, it certainly seemed like Toronto was able to have their way. One thing that I think has made a difference here is something that uh, we'll play this uh, clip from Brody in just a second here, but the the noticeable thing to me is that when they've gone up against these two, uh, two good teams, I'm not counting Vegas um, amidst the, the good teams, but Boston, Tampa Bay, is they played with pace. They got up the rink and things were quicker. I thought they looked really slow, even against the Chicago in the Chicago game. Uh, here's what Brody had to say about something that they sort of changed up.
4: You know, one thing that we've been trying to concentrate on is our gaps. Um, you know, which is, you know, it's a timing issue and, and sometimes tough to adjust to. Um, when you want to be up tighter, sometimes you end up getting beat. Um, you know, then just the, the pace of play. We want to play quick. And uh, instead of building things, you know, try to get it uh, up to the forwards' hands as quick as we can.
1: First off, electric speaker TJ Brody. I mean, that was riveting stuff. Thank you for the pace and energy, TJ Brody. My God. But the point he makes is a good one. You know, they don't want to – there was all this hype about Keefe and the Leafs building and regrouping and maintaining possession. Sometimes you just got to get the puck up and in. I thought the Leafs have looked a lot better against the good teams doing that.
0: And he's right about the gap. And watching at times even the fourth line, Spezza, Simmons, Richie, where they're they're thinking offense. And every once in a while you see like three of them within – three feet of the goal line, all looking for their cookies. And it's, no. I thought they had their best responsible game of the year. Third man high. Mm -hmm. They didn't run into near near as much trouble as in the past. I thought there was the gap control that that TJ Brody's talking about kind of has to stem with the responsibilities of the three forwards on the ice. It does. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I saw that for the first time on a real consistent basis is we did not see a ton of uh, the defense, at least backpedaling. Right. And Brody has mentioned it. It's like uh, you're worried about getting caught, but you don't have to worry about getting caught if there's a third guy. Right? That make, makes such a difference
1: for these Ds. When they can play aggressively because they trust that they've got someone backing them up, all of a sudden they can snuff things out before rush chances even start, and they look so much better. That that can take us in a couple division, uh, directions, Kipper. Do you want to talk about uh, the D then and uh, Lilligren, or do you want to do Tavares and, and his play of late? Which one interests you most? Because both, both are worthwhile, I think.
0: Well, what do we just... Uh, first of all, we we got to give a lot of credit to the big boys for, for digging up. Right out of this 13 straight goals by the t- the big 4 13 straight goals and you know we talked about uh the the slow record off the start but and and Mitch uh Mitch Marner with one assist if i'm not mistaken seven his first seven games yeah that sounds right one yeah. assist yeah which now puts him at what 11 points in the last 5 games yeah and We did talk about in a couple of games, this guy could be leading the team in scoring again. Yeah. And he is. And I I like Tavares's game right now. I, I think he's aggressive. I think he's he's strong on the puck. He's making plays, he's physically engaged. But the engine in all of this is Mitch Marner. I know. And so he looks great all of a sudden. Okay, is, is he worth 10.9, everybody, in Twitter land? Is that okay now that he makes 10.9? Like this is
1: why he gets killed when he doesn't play well, because he plays like this, and you're like, that's a 10.9 guy. Okay. But he plays anything less than that, you're JB, like, uh, JB, 10, you JB, you've
0: played the game, right? I mean, it, yeah. it just... Some, no, I don't. There's it's some, not going to be there every it, night. It, not every night. Maybe maybe a, a bad week or a tough week. Maybe a bad 10 days. It happens but there's not a person that knows anything about this game that would suggest between Matthews and and Marner and Tavares and and Nylander that it was just a matter of time they they they've produced their whole lives they they've led teams in scoring their whole lives they've quarterback power plays their whole lives like you don't have to be a, a data guru to no. understand that it was coming. But what, what kills me is it takes us right back to where we thought we were with
1: this team going into this season. You very easily could have seen them at seven, four and one through 12 games. And when the big four guys played well, they won when they don't play well, they lose. It still looks like that's what this team is. And that's okay. That's okay. I mean, you know, the Washington capitals did that one year and the big guys got hot in the right playoffs. After 10 years of being in the playoffs with Ovi and crew, they win a cup
0: and, and, but it's the only way they win, take, right? Which t- is good. Take a look outside of maybe a few teams. Take a look at around there's, the league. We, no just, backup plan we, for just, anyone. we just saw the Boston Bruins. What are they if Patrice and Brad right. and Pasternak.
1: Salary cap era, your
0: engine. If, if fails, they, if they aren't carrying this Boston Bruins, they are bottom feeders right now.
1: Yeah, you, every and, team at this point. And is How many on...
0: teams? So you know why, you know why Sheldon goes back to that Carolina game because that was a good team mm-hmm. from top to bottom, and we think that Tampa Bay will get there. Do we not? Yes, I think so. But but will they get there to the level of where they were with Coleman and uh, uh, Goudreau and, and Gord? Will they get there? No, I don't. No, think they're they won't. Be, no, they won't. So, in many ways, how many, how many Carolinas are out there right now? Florida, Carolina. Yeah. St. Louis kind of took a, a little bit of a, of a beating uh, uh, on the weekend, but they're they're a good team, and we think the Oilers might think. Well, are they in that? Oilers in Car- uh, Calgary. Rocket starts. And it'll just be about consistency now. And for the Oilers, will the goaltending hold up? But they've got a chance, I think, to maybe be one of those better teams right now. But there's not a lot of them. We got a lot of bad teams in the league. (laughs) Well, the salary cap area is doing it. It, For sure. You know, you can't be a perfect team. But that should, that won't. Put the Leafs into a category where you think that they can compete right now with Carolina right or Florida and Floridas i I put Florida there because I thought last last season they were they they're, they're on the cusp a little bit here
4: mm-hmm.
0: but the Leafs will be in the mix with a lot of other teams, but I don't know if they're one of the the handful of better teams right now in the league still
1: it's crazy that just like every you know every year you look at this team go boy if they get decent goaltending and their big guys play well they got a shot and it's the same you know and that's the bet that Dubas has made is that one year it'll go well for them that the big guys will play well in those big moments and and pull them through so we'll be fascinating Tavares looks noticeably different with Marner to me and I don't know if it's a coincidence You, you know you mentioned he's the engine but he's got He's just around the net more directing pucks, tipping pucks, you know, chasing guys around. Well, we'll ask Craig Simpson about that. Um, but yeah, you, you, th- you think it's Marner, right? Eh? Not so much
0: just uh, changing his change. Uh, I, I just think, uh, I think when you talk about Mitch Marner, you are talking about the best playmaker on the team. Yeah. So he, he covers so much ice and when he's on top of his game, you know it. And I think that the Leafs know it. Now, I look at Austin Matthews, and I don't think he's anywhere near dominating, but we know he can score. We know he can shoot the puck better than most guys on the planet, and he, he, can, he found himself in, in, in good spots, mm-hmm. but he's not even close right now, in my opinion, of, of taking control physically which is funny for a guy who scored twice on Saturday night, right? Like it's like, uh, you tell me, no, no, you, 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 is he close to dominating a game well, like you, we've seen in the past? You
1: think of the way he played like the first game against the Rangers or something. And yeah, the the goal results are not always the best way to judge someone controlling the play. There's no doubt about it. He's, he can be electric. You know, what is different for him and why I think he, you know, puts up a couple of that game. I know, I know those are power play goals, but because Tavares is with Marner, he feels like he can use those guys in a defensive role. So, Kerfa, Tavares, and Marner got the perfection line. So, Matthews gets freed up to play, uh, I think, his most common line or guys he's up against where, you know, third line or Charlie Coyle and whatever. So, that's, that's a nice pairing change. When you, when you put Tavares with Marner, you can free up Matthews a little bit, which is good. Um, did want to get to the, the defense a little bit from the, the, the old Toronto Maple Leafs there. Timothy Lilligren just keeps playing well. And I, uh, you know, we've had plenty of discussions about him. Nothing about his play so far changes what I think he will be for this team or maybe uh, the lack of a perfect fit. But, boy, he has looked really solid. He's gotten great results, and that changes a little bit the way this team has looked. You know, why don't why don't we play that clip on uh, Sheldon Keefe, what he have to say about uh, Timothy Lilligren and, and what that means for Justin Hall. We'll get to that.
4: He's just been consistent. It's so important for a young player. Can you go out every shift and, and just... Puck comes to you. It's time to make a play and advance the puck. You do that. It's time to defend. Can you do that and close plays and get things stopped? You know, tonight, uh, you know, he he had to play some shifts against you know one of the best lines in hockey, uh, in the Bergeron line, and uh, did a great job. He just looked confident. Did a good job on the penalty kill. Uh, you know, we've seen a good stretch of play from him today. That's. It's great to see with his development. We've believed in him for a long time. It's taken a little bit here for us to get him this opportunity, but he's earned that. You know, obviously, the door opened for him. You know, with Our defense you know, hadn't played well early on, and we made a change with Justin Hall, but it's opened the door, and that's what you're looking for, guys to step through that door and take advantage of it.
0: And he's absolutely right. Uh, you can hear him choosing his words carefully. Right. It's not like he wants to uh, anoint him anything. But yeah. it's another game. It's another game he's earned, and it's another game that Justin Hall has lost mm-hmm. going into tonight versus the L.A. Kings. But there's nobody on no, – nobody's going to convince me that this still isn't a project.
1: Yeah. You know, Timothy Lilligren to me is a guy who confuses me in that – he is a good player. He is an NHL level, you know, caliber guy. And that I I'm just I keep getting stuck on like, you know, you're in the postseason and how do you use him? Cause like he's breaking the puck up well, like, you know, Sheldon Keefe has talked about when are you ready to be consistent? When the plays come to him, can you make them? And he has time and time again so far, and that's been great. But like and he's not going to be an offensive guy, and he's not a defensive guy. So I'm trying to wrap my head and around he's a not, guy who's and just... And he's
0: not physical. He's not intimidating anybody. So, like, if he plays like this, though, he's great. So he needs to be one of those... Well,
1: what is he? Is there a precedent for a guy who just kind of doesn't have a role, just plays?
0: I don't know. Good, good at a few things and great at nothing. That's what he needs to be. Yeah. I just
1: don't – so you give that guy 15 minutes a game on the third pair, and, you know, again, I, I, I'm perplexed by him because he's been very good. He makes the plays. He's working with uh, Sandine well. The puck's going in the right direction. What else can he ask the guy to do? But, I, again, I just don't know how it fits with with what they want from their decor. So Justin Hall, to me, makes sense because he's a, a great penalty killer. You know, he's a, a rangy guy with reach who defends. He's been out against the best lines. Him and Muzzin were a top-line shutdown pair. Lilligren's not going to provide that. So now Muzzin and Brody got to be that. So now Riley and Dermot aren't very good because Dermott's been struggling. So I don't know. I, it, I'm very confused by the Leafs' defense because of Lilligren's good play.
0: What's helped, too, is I thought Muzzin had his uh, best presence. He yeah. was physical. Yeah. And he played with edge. And it was it was noticeable when he is all in, fully engaged. He's one of the better sh- shutdown guys. But does it worry guy. you
1: that he seems to need someone to help him now? Where he's been, he's made someone a player before, and now that he's got Brody, he looks I, I, good. I
0: think he's I think he's on his own. I, I he doesn't he doesn't. Uh, you don't think it's it, Brody that's changed his results? He, he's he, just playing yes, better. Exactly. I think when a guy like that. Can can uh, play with a little bit of edge, and uh, you you can tell when a guy's finishing if he's got a little extra umph in him if he's got a little you know fu in him, mm-hmm. you can tell. And I thought he had that Saturday night.
1: Yeah, that's essential for this team for him to have that because if he's not good, they're in big trouble.
0: My, uh and. Then Boston's not overly physical. I thought they're, they're the guy that had the most presence for the Boston. Pasternak. Pasternak. Yeah. Oh, my God. Do I love that guy. <laughs> he's so a player. I man. Yeah. love Pasternak. Yeah. And he can beat you every which way, but he can run you over to. He is a mule out there.
1: He took, was it a boarding penalty on, I forget who was on, but it was like, oh, take that hit. Flat, <laughs> if you're flat, Boston,
0: you're like, well, yeah, we'll He we'll flattened that a trade. few people out there.
1: He did. He did. He's an incredibly useful guy. There's no doubt that you know. I saw some projections, like the best lines in the NHL. The, that line is still one of the best lines. The only thing that's changed is he was kind of an add-on to it, and he might be the best piece of it, or at least as good, I think, as uh, Marchand and, and Bergeron at this
0: point. Sam, are you out there? You still got two lungs?
2: Yeah, I was just I was just listening to you guys talk about Pasternak there, and he's definitely been hanging out with Marchand. You can tell. You know, he's got a little bit of that but it wasn't always there. Was it with him? Like he wasn't always playing like that. He's definitely picked some stuff up from his line mate. No,
1: there's just some great arrogance and swagger there. You know, just the way he carries himself. He's walking in with the crazy suits. He's, you know, he's got a great attitude the way he goes uh, goes at guys, too. So, yeah. yeah, that
0: could be an element of no, those No, guys. no, no. He, he, he was always physical. Yeah. Yeah, he was always he? physical. I don't remember yes. that as much no, earlier not, in his career. But you, you notice him now because he's a star. Well, and also he's yeah. stronger
1: now. He's a man now. I mean, you would be physical when you're 19. It's yeah, not quite the same.
0: That's a great point, too. Yeah. It's he was, just he's he starting to round out.
2: He was strong enough that when Tavares tapped him on the stick, he went down. He was really showing strength on that play in the third period there. <laughs> didn't
0: like that call, eh, Sammy? Sammy,
2: didn't I didn't w- like that a whole lot.
0: No. Uh, I want to also, I thought Sheldon gave it great perspective that he can look down the lineup uh, or, you know, the last five games and he can kind of put it in, in, I thought, excellent perspective on it's, yes, it's it's points in all five games, but let's not get ahead of ourselves here. You okay with that? Because I know as a super fan, you want to think that, uh, that they're completely over um, whatever ailed them to start the season.
2: I really do like Sheldon Keefe. And Sheldon Keefe, I was, not, uh, I was not completely sold on him until I watched that All or Nothing. And I really was, I came away from that All or Nothing liking him way more than I had before. I think he handles the media well. This guy talks to the media so much. It feels like it's like twice a day, every day, he's addressing the media, and he never really steps out of t- out of turn saying anything. He always kind of pushes the right buttons in the right kind of way. For a guy who's a, quote-unquote, you know, young coach in the NHL, and, I mean, he's been coaching at all different levels for a long time, I really think he kind of handles the media well and kind of handles the expectations of this team well. Don't you guys?
1: One thing I know about working with him is he loves, I do, Sammy, is that he loves to swim against the current, you know, like whatever the the public perception is on anything, like he's happy to play contrarian in, in a dressing room in a coach's office. So like when you think you're playing awesome, he'll be the first to tell you you're not and vice versa. And I, I, he usually has a case to back himself up. So I, you know, I think he's good at, at pulling you from the depths of despair and from the, you know, heights of ecstasy. He's able to kind of pull you into that middle realm. He does that well. Um, and, and obviously, this is a good example. Him pointing out the five-game win streak is really a three-game win streak with two ties. Also, they won the two overtimes. You know? Yeah, I, th- I like that. I, I think
0: it's like anything else. You, me, anybody in this building. You just you just learn as you go along here. Unfortunately, a lot of people you know get to hide their mistakes yeah. and they're not called on it by such a, a wide audience. But I, I think he's. I think he's. He's filed away some do's and don'ts already.
1: When you're talking about mistakes, do you think he would tell Kyle Dubas he's made a mistake in signing Peter Mrazik?
0: <laughs> what a... F- <laughs> is that, is wow.
1: that the segue right there? <laughs> what you a like segue. It?
0: Thank you. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm kinda, I kind of... You didn't want to get into it when, when you're, you heard that he was coming back after two weeks. But for the life of me, I cannot believe that a guy, especially a goalie, can pull your groin and leave a game like he did against Ottawa mm-hmm. mid October and start 14 days later. Like unless unless over the pandemic that I didn't know anything about and they 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 invented this groin replacement that you know I missed? Yeah. I don't know anybody that could recover a groin injury in 14 days. What the hell well, was goalie. he on the ice off of a Chief major... He they kept him out longer than necessary. Which is <laughs> asinine to me. Completely nuts. Yeah. That you would put a guy on in just 14 days on a groin injury. A guy that's had history like this i don't get it
1: you know i I don't get it Uh, you know i think if they have a better third goalie maybe you're able to take more time the hutch thing ah, he is one showing did not go well and i think they're like if the if the doctors say this guy's ready he's ready but no it was quick um but now what do you do like they called up joseph wall is that right sammy they called up wall so yeah they called
0: him on the weekend he 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 may have been assigned back down.
1: Okay. So and but it like might,
0: it might have been just massaging the, the cap.
1: Okay. Okay. So maybe not not so, like this guy's gonna play.
0: Listen, it has to be it has to be Hutchinson. Did <laughs> Sam, we lose Sammy? Sammy
1: are you tapping with the sound quality
0: all of a sudden. Sammy is, is that you rubbing Vicks into your chest? <laughs> He's buzzing. The boys uh, are buzzing.
2: I, have, I haven't moved. Is it me? Am I doing something wrong? <laughs> I don't
0: know. Maybe slap it on mute and then we'll tell you. Um, it has to be Hutchinson, hey, guys. That's better. It has to be. Yeah. You can't put that kid in there.
1: Poor Joseph Wolf. Is it 895 in three games this year. He's an 892 in 15 starts last year. He's an 880 in 32 the year before. I mean, he hasn't got... He hasn't been above a 900 save percentage in the American League yet. So surely it's not him. So... Hutchinson, here we go again. I cannot believe this is year what of Hutch? Four, three, three, something like that. Jeez,
0: too much. You gotta to think, Hutch. you gotta think now that with with the big boys going, it has to give Hutchinson some breathing room. It has to be. And you you don't yeah. have to be spectacular. You just have to stop the ones that you should stop. I know it sounds easy. <laughs> In theory. In theory. But there's a, lot of, there's a lot of goalies in the NHL that, that can manage that, mm-hmm. for the most part. There are, yeah. So I he, he has to get another chance here, JB. He's going to. So what, I, what is
1: probably likely is you go Campbell tonight. You got the Flyers in Philadelphia on Wednesday. Campbell. For that one, okay. Yeah. You're at home Friday night. The Flames are in town. Campbell. <laughs> oh, boy. Yes. Saturday, you're going to Buffalo. Back-to-back. Back uh, back.
0: g- good luck, Hutch. You're in. You're in against... That's the start. Okay. And I would think that your last back-to-back would have been one of those things that taught Sheldon. Go go second with Hutch? Sorry. Oh, yeah. Take your back up on the road. Yeah. And hope he can have the... Me against the world. I have no reason to believe that I should win this game, and nobody believes in me to win this game. I'm going to win this game yeah that's the way it works
1: it's very maple leafs uh to win when you're not supposed to and lose when you're supposed to win that's that's kind of how they operate sammy
0: you scared of what 12 14 games without uh
2: yes i am and i'm boys i'm not as convinced as you that you can't give one of these other guys a try like how much worse could it be you know like, God love Hutchison. Hutchison, been, he's been a good soldier here for the Leafs. He's been through it all. They've He's been there when they've called on him. But, like, is Wall going to be that much worse? Is one of these guys in the Marlies going to be that much is worse? Is going to be Why that much worse? Well, Kaskisuo, I, 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 that game against Pittsburgh, I I, I don't I know. know. Like, to the wolves, you really I know. think that it, it has to be Hutch?
0: I <sighs> yeah, I do. I do. Okay. Because it's early in the season. You came into the season – and you made a commitment that Michael Hutchinson was your third goalie. And last year he was good in eight Kay. starts or whatever it was. You believed in him. You brought him back. Don't bail
1: on it. Yeah, he hasn't done enough to lose that third guy spot. And the other guy hasn't done enough to earn more than his, you know, American League role, which yeah, is fair to say.
0: So, you wait, you're going you're gonna to throw it on the wall and see if it sticks by putting the kid in?
1: Yeah. So was there anything uh, that concerned you there about the Leafs and their tendencies, they give up the second goal and things start to look. You know, Sammy, you mentioned the Demons. Did You, you saw a different team after that second one went in, eh?
2: Oh, yeah. I I thought that they immediately stopped playing hockey. No, didn't you guys see the same thing? Like, it seemed like that second goal goes in and they're running around for the last 10 minutes of that game. And I, I understand how momentum <laughs> works. You get up. 4 1 in the hockey game, and then they, you think the game's over. That's never
0: happened before. No, 4 1 -1 against against Boston. Why would they be, why would you get nervous on that? And and I
2: I will say that Jack Campbell, in that stretch there where they were running around like a house on fire, made a bunch, a bevy, if you
1: will, of great saves. Yes, thank you. Mm -hmm, Good. You cannot negotiate a contract with Jack Campbell right now. No, I agree.
2: But I will say, and this is completely anecdotal, and this is not fair to Frederick Anderson, who I defended while he was here. But I, if Freddie's a net, one of those goes in. And then it's a 4-3 game and things <laughs> get squirrely. I'm sorry. Like, I'll say it. I, I, there's something about Jack Campbell that, you know, he may not make the save early in the first period or one gets by him when it's, you know, make it one or two nothing. But, boy, if it's a tie game late and you need a big stop, he really seems to have a sort of clutch ability to get that okay. big save
0: i think you're painting freddie with a a, a a bigger brush than he deserves for letting in a crappy goal <laughs> okay during the regular season he was pretty much doing what jack's been doing for them over the the last few years yeah but
2: the go, regular go season that's what burned into my brain
0: that it is burned <laughs> into your blank but no, the regular brain. season it isn't
2: is. isn't what is burned into my brain the playoffs are what's burned into my brain
0: yeah the, that's right that's right but the the style of play for the Leafs is rely on your three or four big guns, and you know in the equation, a goaltender has to be a, a first or second star. And Jack's really, Jack's really done that earlier in the season. Like if you really look at the points that they've collected, Sammy, how many, how many go to Jack by himself?
2: Mm, quite a few. I'm just looking at their schedule here, three, kind of thinking three. Yeah. Yeah, at least, no? Yes. Like you look at Tampa for sure. I'm not going to say Boston because they scored four goals and I you know, but I'd say uh in Chicago for sure. Against against uh against the Rangers, he was really good. Like there there's been some games here where he saved their bacon multiple times.
0: And when you factor in now that Marziks out, Yep. There's going to have to be more of that. I I think they're going to. I think it puts tremendous pressure on on Jack here. Mm -hmm. In a in a and it's too early. Can you imagine like
1: like if they play Jack a bunch in a row and he can't hold up? If he gets
0: hurt because of getting overplayed here, like he's he's always had. He's always gotten hurt. I don't. If you look over his last ten years, someone told me there's there's very few incidences where he did not have an injury. So. If that's the case, it's not if; it's when it may come.
2: <laughs> so here's here's the two oh, the two sort of again. scenarios that I'm playing out in my brain when it comes to Jack Campbell, and they're no neither of them are good for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So the one scenario is that you play him into the ground here over this next stretch, and he gets hurt, and then you are absolutely bamboozled. You have no then you have I have no idea what they do, and the other scenario is is that he plays well proves that he's a starting goaltender and his price goes way up. So I can't really picture there being a good scenario no. for the Toronto Maple Leafs on this. I,
0: honest signing him isn't their biggest issue right now.
2: First not, but it's it's, it's not. there. Yeah. It's
0: there, but you can also, you can also come to an agreement that will pay you X amount. I can't get there till the off season. I got to unload this guy. I got to un- unload that guy. Those scenarios have been played out in the past. In verbal agreements. Verbal agreements, or we're, we'll wait it out. At the end of the day, Jack can't sign until July 1st anyways with another club. So mm. there is opportunities to tell him, we'll give you your five-plus million, but we can't do it till yeah, in you, the offseason. You show us a
1: 920 this year, it'll be five, you know, or whatever the, uh, the agreement well, may be. It's talk- a gamble. It's a yeah.
0: gamble that someone may outbid you still, but... That's what you created with this salary cap. you I, You won't have any other choice. you think I believe you mentioned a team that could outbid them
1: were they to let it get that far this off season?
0: Well, Jack's from Michigan. oh, maybe the Red Wings might need a goalie <laughs> uh-huh. next year. Oh. I don't want to make uh I, I don't want to make Sammy any sicker than he already <laughs> is right well,
2: now oh, but by the way, fellas, we're talking about the the second star of the week in the NHL. Uh, Jack Campbell was named the second star of the week, uh, posting a 3-0-0 record with a 0.99 goals against, a 968 save and a shutout. Is that good?
1: I would say that's good. <laughs> good stuff. You know, the a lot of things good, you know, for Maybe the the tone of some of this, like the, a lot of things good right now. The Leafs, by the fancy stats, you guys will be pleased to know, very, very good. Like all the models and metrics still think this is a top five team in the NHL. I know uh, Carolina is a measuring stick. They they didn't look uh, like they measured up or, or whatever there. But, boy, just beat just beat Tampa, just beat Boston. They're looking like uh, this is a team that's better than we, we were worried there when they were two and four. But there's a good hockey team here.
2: Well, I wanted to ask you guys about the Atlantic division here. Now that you've seen, you know, two of the three powerhouses, I guess, the quote-unquote powerhouses, and I know you were kind of alluding to this earlier with the bad teams, but, like, you know the Leafs don't play Florida until March 27th is the first time they play Florida.
0: That's crazy.
2: So, you're not going to get to see that test for a long time, but... Are you sort of changing your vision of the Atlantic Division off that one game against? Uh, well, not the one game, but just what you've seen from these teams so far. Or do you think that it's still the kind of powerhouse division we thought going into the year?
0: I I don't have Boston now uh, anywhere near where I thought they may be. No, I? I agree. I don't. They're not
2: your father's. No, Bruins.
0: I've got uh, I got the Leafs ahead of Boston, hmm. and the and I know he's old and i know he on some nights shouldn't be playing but that that presence of chara gone and even krug krug was a leaf killer too don't kid yourself
1: mm-hmm.
0: it was, i'm sure leaf management was very happy to see him go to st louis but that that blue line outside of mcavoy i i i think they're they're struggling
1: yeah, Connor Clifton, Mike Riley, Derek Forbort, Matt Grizzlick, Like, these guys do not strike fear in the heart of uh, of opposition. So, a, a different-looking Bruins team. Uh, I do think a more gettable Bruins team. I would say the Lightning, you know, both teams are just, like, a little bit weaker than I would say in previous years, which, you know, uh, maybe you could make the same argument for Toronto and Florida is the the one that has, has risen up. Uh, you know, depends on how you feel about the additions of Toronto. By the way, uh, Andre Kasha, very high up on his coach's list as someone who's played very well. Obviously, Bunting doing well. Some of these new guys, it remains the like Nick Ritchie question. The new guy's okay. been great, but the Nick Ric- Ritchie question of like, what well, was Sam? what did I say to you? Well, what's his fate? Your favorite moment of his uh, yeah. as a leaf? And it was like a pass he made once.
2: He set up, yeah, he set up uh, he set up Simmons for a
1: great chance on Vasilevsky. But, but like yeah. outside no. of him, you know, maybe there's a case that the yeah, Leafs are a little you, bit better. In some, you, you're
0: just gonna have to leave him alone and, and and just enjoy whatever role he can have on the third or fourth line. That's it. Uh, no, nobody's calling him lazy. Nobody's just leave the him alone. bar is so much low. It's right? low. It's low. Yes, you are right. It is low, and that's just that's just the way it is. They they thought that he they could find a way to get him going as a top six. It's not happening. Can he fill in a void for a game or two? Yeah. Do we think that he can hold a legitimate spot? No. But they're
1: not going to have him doing what he's doing now for $2.5 million. Given the salary cap and they will have needs at the yeah. deadline. Like if he, yeah. he, he has like three months to sort himself out or he will not be here. And I don't know what that means. Yeah. You know but what it means? Is,
2: how, are, how are they going to trade him?
0: Well, somebody will Could take that- him for a second or third round pick.
2: Yeah, it's true. You package a pick, but I mean, the Leafs have given away Gross. so many picks over
0: the past. Gross. It is. Yeah. It is. It's bad. Yeah. It's bad. I it's, made a huge it's mistake. If you send, if you send, <laughs> him, <laughs> if
1: you them to the American League, you only have to. You can bury oh, nine hundred grand. No.
0: No, that's not an option. No, it's you got to move them out. Salary relief. No. Nope. No. And that's that's just that's just the way it is.
2: But I think I think that line has had its moments, and then you know when you put Richie and Spezza and uh, Simmons out there, the line has I been think, good. I think I think Simmons this year. I think towards the end of last year something was hampering him because I I don't know about you guys, but it looks like he's got a lot more speed, a lot more jump in his game than he did at the end of last year. Like
0: and physical I, I, coming through physical, guys on four for checks, sure.
2: mm-hmm. and his the hands seem to be a little bit better. Yeah. Like he yeah. just he's really chances. seems to be more engaged. Yeah, but, so
0: but he's can good with he, that line. Can he and will he want to do it every night, guys? It's a long
2: season, boys.
0: It's a it's a long season, but there's a lot of mileage there. Mm-hmm. You know, I would prefer someone younger, hungrier. But if this is if this is his role, then he's going to have to find a way to bring it. Like I thought he did Saturday night.
1: Yeah, you he know what would be interesting is like the Leafs actually found some games to give these guys, you know, in, in NBA we, 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 load management. We've talked find about a night it, off, the,
0: right? He needs yeah. one too. Yeah,
1: find a couple of nights off for him. Find one off for Spezia here and there. Tavares here and there. You know, I, I, it's honestly something they should do with their older guys. I know they don't have a ton of options in terms of guys to call I love, up. I love G- this Gabriel Gabriel Semyonov. <sighs>
2: Well, listen, boys. It's like last week we're like, "Is this team done?" And now we're like, "Let's load manage Tavares."
0: <laughs> well, we didn't say an eleven million dollar player. And also, no one,
1: no one on here came on here at two and four and said this is a bad no, team. Tavares no, sucks. No, like that never no, happened.
0: No, listen, no, you start no. throwing bad ideas out, uh, we're going to load manage you uh, the rest of the week. <laughs>
2: oh, I, I could use some load management here, boys. I'm st- I'm struggling. All
0: right, one guy that can't and shouldn't, Craig Simpson. Hockey night in Canada. The voice of the Leafs. He's coming up next on Real Kipper and Born. No one has seen more of the Leafs in the last uh, stretch than our next guest, Craig Simpson. He covers everything the the Leafs do for Hockey Night in Canada and Sportsnet. Uh, Craig, thanks thanks for joining us. How you doing? Do you you recover off of uh, Kevin Lowe's uh, big night? <laughs>
3: As you know, Kipper, it was uh, it was a fun night had by all. We had a great uh, gala in support of the Edmonton Owners Community Foundation on the Thursday night, of which both Kevin and I are on that board. And uh, that was just a, a ton of fun to get an opportunity to see some old friends, old teammates, and, of course, being a part of that on the ice with Kevin uh, was a great, great honour and lots of fun. And as you know, the travel, the old red-eye back to Toronto uh, – Fortunately, the Boston game was a heck of a game and a heck of a start, so it brought a lot of energy and was pretty easy to stay focused and energized on that one.
0: Yeah, we listened to uh, Sheldon uh, and his comments and and talk about the perspective of what has happened in in the last five games, but there's no question that they are digging themselves out of what was a a very slow start, Craig, correct?
3: Yeah, and, you know... (laughs) You look at uh, what we had on what uh, the top four guys have scored the last thirteen consecutive goals, uh, which you know in itself says they clearly are key components to the success of the team. But it's obviously not something that you can sustain over the course of the of the season. But when you look at that early spot, I mean, it's the analytics that were sort of killing them was they had more slot shots than any team in the league. They had more scoring chances than any team in the league, but they were about 27th in league scoring. So Kipper, you know how those go in stretches. And uh, it was a stretch early on that I think it was important to try to get the key guys who weren't having offensive success, not, to deviate from the defensive side and just stick to their game. And, you know, the last five games have been a great example how quickly that can turn around and make you feel different about yourself, different about your season, and different about your team. And I, I think that's exactly kind of what's transpired here over the last two weeks.
1: One thing that's uh, been a theme throughout these games has been Timothy Lilligren's uh, presence. Obviously, a different look on that back end. Justin Hall sitting in the press box, Dermot beside uh, Morgan Riley. What are your thoughts yeah. on the state of the the decor there and the uh, inclusion of Lilligren of late?
3: Well, I, I think Sheldon's always, you know, I think you saw a lot with uh, Rasmus Sandin last year. You knew that he was anxious to give him a little bit of a taste and an opportunity, and... Like you always do, you need depth, so let's see what we got and see if a guy can find a way to get some traction. And I think it came at the right time because the D pairs were struggling. Uh, you know, uh, you look at even the start uh, for Jake Muzzin. He was minus in like six of eight games for a stretch with from a guy who was plus 21 last year. So I, I think he really felt the D pairings needed to shake up, which he was able to do, and then you give Lilligren an opportunity and... To the credit of of Sheldon uh, and obviously the the demise for Hall, uh, you know, it's hard to shake up when your team's playing well and the kid who's gone in has a pretty good pairing with Sandine. They haven't given them too much trouble. They've made some really good plays. So uh, I feel bad for Hall and that's as Sheldon has explained a number of times, you know, that's the business of the game. You you have to wait again then until your opportunity will come, and that will come for Hall sometime. But I like the fact that you made the change. I think you solidified a couple of new pairings, and you've won five in a row. So I think you're overthinking it if all of a sudden you're changing back. Uh, My guess is uh, unless this role gets ridiculously long, you know, he probably won't make that change until something falters and and the team is unable to win one.
0: Craig, that old saying is you're only as good as your big boys, and and nobody would know that better than you because you played with some of the biggest names in NHL history. But is it at times a little overrated to just rely on just a handful of guys because we do know that you know when you win Stanley Cups and you've won many, uh, man, it's a deep, deep roster. But in Toronto, the finger will always get pointed at two or three, and they felt it early, but it's been alleviated because of the points that they've been producing. But how long can you go with this Jekyll and Hyde with just thinking that it all relies on three guys.
3: Yeah, as I said, it's it's not sustainable. I, I mean, you're going to need uh, contributions from the second line, from the third line and from the fourth line. But I, I will say... They have shown, and I think Sheldon's confidence has shown, like he he likes that camp line, even though they're not really scoring. Plays them in some pretty key matchup moments, so he's not afraid. Uh, I thought spetzel, although he's slowed down from the offensive that line's been fairly effective. So, Kipper, it's not a sense that, you know, it's the... Uh, Uh, where a team falters if if the top six guys are the only guys that are in the offensive zone and creating some offense. And then the next two lines go out and they're hemmed in their own zone. That just takes away any, Uh, momentum out of your game it doesn't put pressure on your opposition I think the one good thing that the bottom two lines even though they haven't been scoring they've had plenty of times where they've had good offensive zone shifts and good pressure and maybe forced a top top pairing to be hemmed in their own zone and not be able to make a change and then the top two lines come out and they're the ones that score so I, I do think that that's Ultimately, what you have to get to, and you have to balance some of that scoring out. But as you as you said, if you're going to rely just on four guys, as we saw, the first seven games of the season might have been a seven game series that you lose again. You know, if your top guys aren't the ones scoring, so balance is definitely what they're looking for. But this has been a let's face it, this has been a stretch where you see the top guys are back to playing their best hockey. I mean, Mitch Marner's got the puck on his stick and you feel like something good's going to happen all the time. And the first, say, three weeks of the season, that that really didn't look like that was necessarily going to be the case. So uh, I think, uh, you know, this is the stretch where you want to keep a good run that they have now going and you ultimately want some of the other guys to start chipping in offensively and getting, you know, involved in in that part of the game.
0: Before JB goes here, I just wanted to get a, a thought on uh, Austin Matthews. I said uh, he he looks to me as a guy that's still not out of uh, second gear, and maybe that's a good thing. We saw him come back uh, against the New York Rangers and completely dominate, but we haven't seen him yet uh, hit the high note. I want to get your thoughts, especially because you were a top goal yeah. scorer. Um, what do you see you know in what- him?
3: To me, Kip, early on, just the timing was off. I mean, his shots were unusually, you know, high wide or a little wobbly or not getting it off or even fanning on a couple of one timers. And it's understandable, you know, we take for granted so often the, the star players who miss time with injury, who come back and look like they never missed a beat. I think he'd probably say, you know, he wasn't quite at that level yet. He he wasn't in sync with his hands, his mind, his legs. You know, all those factors that make those guys make it look so effortlessly and, you know, getting a pass on your stick and release quickly in a a perfect positional shot. Those are the things that he does instinctively well. I thought the timing was a little off, but your analogy of the – you know, engine's revving in second gear, and I think it's ready to pop into third uh, now. That He looks to me like, you know, the calmness of when when he, the irony is when he's shooting well, he's handling the puck well. So his hands are in sync with his mind and his feet, and they're all working in conjunction. And that translates into being in the right position, the right balance, and being able to get that quick shot off exactly where he wants. And even the little one-timer was, you know, a well-positioned shot that had a little bit of a, Extra oomph on it that that slid underneath the arm, and and that's what we've been accustomed to seeing. I would say in his first three or four games, it just was a little out of sync and wasn't quite there. But he's looking a heck of a lot more like the guy we've been watching for the last five years.
1: Simmer, one of the things we were kicking around before uh, we got to talk to you was the goaltending situation with Peter Mrazek out. Like this seems like yeah. a lot of the load's going to be placed on Jack Campbell here. Do you think they can ride him like this? A guy who's had injury issues? Do you think Hutchinson is good enough? Do they need to add someone or bring up Wool? What do you think of their goaltending situation right now?
3: Yeah, I I think at some point, you know, here we are, what, in game 13, and this is going to be his 11th appearance, which is not what you would expect. But I I like even what Sheldon said today. They are of the mindset, which you have to be with a starting goalie that's getting a lot of action. On days off and on practice days, cutting him back and just, what do you need? Don't worry about the physical part of it so much. If you need a little bit of time and then get off, do it. You've know, you, you got to right. you, be communicating with your top guy of, of how you're feeling and what you need at this time, and we're going to back you off. Whereas normally when you're rotating, you want guys like every other player to you know raise your intensity in practice and, and do all the little things to try to keep improving. When a goalie's going like this, uh, I don't mind. you got to ride him a little bit more. The end of the week, you've got to back to back. So you've, you've got to be of the mind that somebody else has to play. I'm not sure Hutchinson, you know, for the long term would be a guy that you could keep in there. You might want to give an opportunity to one of your younger goalies to, to give them, uh, you know, a shot. And like Lilligren, see what you got but it's obviously not a sustainable process to have him play an 11 of the next 13 after this. So they're going to have to find, or at least just put your goaltender whoever it is in there and get your team to play hard in front of them. And I don't think it's the exact you know, situation you'd like to be in, but until Morazic is back healthy and able to play, that's probably what you're going to have to do maybe in two of the next six games, let's say, to try to back off the, the load work a little bit.
0: You know, it, it didn't happen a lot in my career where you, you're on a team that really runs into some goaltending issues. But the one thing that I did notice, Craig, uh, you know, in my career was when when you practice and your top goalies aren't there, it's, it doesn't help you. And right. like the one thing about Mike Richter, like, oh, my God, he he practiced as if it was completely game seven. There was not even a, a wiggle of – he wanted to stop every shot.
3: and yeah. it, You know what? Yeah. It's so important. It's so important because that's the edge that you need 100%. in practice. A hundred percent. Like, you, you, you shoot, uh, you know, 50 times more pucks in a practice than you do ever in a game, right, over the course of the year. So it's like anything that you're trying to practice and improve on, if you don't have the top quality guys that you're practicing and trying to improve on – it's really hard to continually get better. And I I think that practice competitiveness is so important. I, I think like you were saying, Kipper, over the course of my career, before he came the starter in Edmonton, Billy Ramford probably helped my goal scoring ability more than anybody because literally Ronnie Lowe as our assistant coach would pass pucks ad nauseum like till the end of the day at the end of practice and Billy wouldn't would try to stop every single shot from every different angle. And it just constantly pushed you. Same thing with Dominic Hasek in Buffalo. When I was there, it's like you're going against the best every day and even after practice. And he's willing because he doesn't want to let anything buy him either because he wants to continue to improve every day. And I think that's what does push great players, great teams to higher levels is that practice competitiveness. And, I went from a terrible team in Pittsburgh that had never made the playoffs to the Edmonton Oilers who had won three of four Stanley Cups. And my practices were harder than any game I ever played in Pittsburgh being a part of the Oilers. And it just makes you be a faster skater, a harder worker, and gets you to a level that that ultimately makes the entire team not much better.
0: And with the Stars going, you still have Kasha and Richie and Engvall who are looking... Uh, to put the puck in the net and gain some confidence, you're you're you're, you're not practicing against Jack because they're m- yep. managing him. So uh, Peter Mrazik uh, m- 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 is gone. Mrazik, I can't even <laughs> spit it yeah. out. M- he's, he's I've forgotten his name. He's been gone <laughs> yeah, so can't long. Even
3: say his name, he's gone so bad. Yeah. So,
0: and and now you're down to what Hutchinson and maybe another. Average it's AHL, the maybe the Zamboni yep. driver comes back. You pull someone from the concession stands. I don't know, but that's not really going to help those guys uh, keep their uh, their their shots in tune here moving forward. But it is what it is, right? No question about yeah, that.
3: You, you, you have to go through those stretches, Kip, and just say, you know, I, I think that's part of the job of the leadership group and the coaching staff is saying, You know, there has to be a level of competitiveness. Boston was just in in town here. and We had a a quote from Brad Marchand that just said, if you're not going to work hard here, you're not going to be here. Like, that's the players talking uh, about guys who get traded or come in to be a Boston Bruin. And I, I really felt that same in Edmonton. Like, the practice stopped. It was you if you can't pass, you can't play. Like you you know, you gotta raise your level every single day so it just becomes commonplace. And mm-hmm. I think that's a level that the, the Leafs again kinda understand because they've seen it. They've been beaten by some of those teams of the details that you know teams have been able to execute in playoff time a little higher than Toronto has. And I, I think there is an understanding now with your core guys who are all in year six and then, you know, Tavares in year 12 hasn't had a lot of success there. I think everybody's hungry and understanding that that's got to be part of common practice uh, in, in your, in your game to have success when you, when you go further in the in the season.
1: So Simmer, before we let you go, I just got to ask you, you know, you're talking about the practicing with all these great players. You guys were all together on Friday night, and watched Connor McDavid do what he did to the New York Rangers <laughs> yeah. at the end of that game. What are the greats, what are the Oilers greats saying about Connor McDavid these days?
3: Oh, you, there's hardly words to describe. I, I think what stood out to me, not just in that uh, incredible goal and, and individual effort, but just being around that team a little bit, uh, the the difference in their mindset of just how important it is this year to be better than they've ever been i think they realize they have a bit better depth they have some holes filled so both he and leon dry to me are just driving their game up to another whole level like it's really quite impressive but the more impressive part is just the energy and the enthusiasm that they're showing not just a pair but everybody's following along and and that's that's pretty scary when you have guys of that high of quality that just seemed to be taking their game to another level it was it was exciting for everybody and all the ex players to to see that kind of ability uh, on display there
0: Craig Simpson calling the game tonight against the l a kings is is this a game where they can make up for the loss against san jose sharks is is this a a makeover a game that you should win
3: yeah, yeah it's a reminder of. Even go back to the Sharks and then the next night, the Penguins, with you know, without Crosby and Malkin and Carter, and you know, a couple of laid eggs in a row. And I I think the one good thing, though, guys, is they're starting to establish that Scotiabank Arena is a hard place to get points in, and I think that probably is the most key. It's the last game of their homestand, you could have a heck of a homestand with another win tonight, and I I think that'll be front and center on the messaging from Sheldon Keith is you got to come out, take control of this game and don't ever leave it in doubt.
0: Greg Simpson, Hockey Night in Canada, Sports Dad. Enjoy the call tonight. Thanks for doing this, Simmer. Thanks, buddy. Take care, guys. Greg Simpson. Thank you. What a guy. Man. So, Sammy, you got to, you, you still, is your jaw still dropped from McDavid's goal or are you okay now?
2: I have a couple things on McDavid's goal. Um, I at first blush, it is a mind-blowing goal, and I think it's probably going to be the goal of the year. But I have no, a don't
1: but I have
2: a take that oh, I don't know gosh. if it's too that hot. But Matthew Kachuk's goal on Saturday night maybe is equally as nice to me. The one where he spins around, no look between the legs, up over the shoulder on okay. okay. Just okay. I honestly think that stop that right may, there.
0: Stop listen, right there. McDavid's the cold. Pure... The cold is getting to your brain. <laughs> It's not even close.
2: I I think it's close. Oh my! Oh
0: my God. Okay, answer me this, Sammy with the cold. Okay. How many guys in the league can do what Kachuk did? Uh, How many? I like this this line of question. How many?
1: Well, that's a good if
0: question. we put if we put Pat Probably Kane there, eighty nine percent. If we if we put Pat Kane there, if we put a number of guys in there, would they be capable of maybe pulling that off? Yeah. Maybe. Okay. How many?
2: I don't know, probably a lot.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> now ask me, Sammy, with the cold, how yeah. many can do what McDavid did?
2: Uh, probably one.
0: (laughs) Thanks for joining us, Sammy.
2: (laughs) Okay. My second question. That's
0: Sammy from Mississauga. Thanks for joining (laughs) us, Sammy.
2: My second question off of that is, I don't know, how many times do you think Connors watched that highlight? Like when you guys played. Not again,
1: unless he came across it in sports. I've,
2: I've never, ever been in a hockey game that's been filmed and for good reason. But, like, you guys have been in games. Like, I don't know what what the nicest goals you guys have ever scored in your career. But, like, would you – if you had the access that you do now, would you be watching your goals over and over? Like, I feel like I would be just putting that on a projector and watching it all day long.
1: No, I don't think – I think maybe that night after the game, he gave it a rewatch or two, and he's not again. I – no.
0: with Hartford, we went into Montreal, and I – Tog dragged a puck along the blue line, and I ripped a slap shot over Patrick Waugh's glove. Oh. Wow. I couldn't race fast enough to the dressing room <laughs> to see that on video. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's uh, that's a little different for sure. I just think McDavid scores so often, and he's so he has, great.
0: He had to have seen it a few oh, times. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, you oh, can't. He, now he'll he just pull that up it. on Instagram Come before bed, But I'm telling you. All I know is, like, the, who was it, like, Kevin Rooney that was behind him. All these guys that were like, I'll just trust this guy to my defender. Like, every single player there was culpable for the goal, the goal against. It was just, Nemeth swings his stick at, at Connor McDavid in that moment. Just a mess of defending for the Rangers. But you just don't expect a guy to, I don't know, just the only shark thing, attacking. The
0: only thing I say is, you're... You're trying that in November, but are you trying it oh, in Oh, McDavid's May? trying it in May. He's trying it in yes. June. But, but how many but, times? How many times? Because it gets shut down oh yeah, that time never, of the year. It should never, ever and, work. And, and like, it, it's... He, okay, Oh, try it. But if it fails on a couple of times, even the head coach would say, yeah, okay... Maybe um, get that one in deep. Yeah, you know, it's just... <laughs> it is a... You never want to take away a guy's creativity, but you're not going to the well too often on that Sammy, one.
1: Sammy, I will say, I did see other takes on social media, people being like, it wasn't that great. And here's my, my first off, Kipper made a great point. No one else can do it. If Every really single put me player. He body bag with that. He, one. He, yeah, you got a body bag. Every single, <laughs> full toe tag, every single person on the Rangers there could have got to the puck. They could have reached it. They were within, were within a stick length, and that makes it exceptional. Well, the, thing, the, the thing
2: is that he caught, him, he caught him dreaming. Like, he comes over the, the, the line, and they're all kind
1: Five, of standing four, there. or three minutes left. Who's dreaming? And,
2: and here's the thing. You're talking about the playoffs. He's not allowed to do that because the officiating is completely different, and he's hacked down, and they don't call it. Yes. So that's, that's, that's probably what happens. So
0: like play. I said, November. Great yeah. goal. In November, but uh, they—they're not very often in—in in the playoffs. Although I do remember Mario Lemieux and dressing. Um, oh
2: yeah. Minnesota. All of
0: Minnesota. Uh, Neil, uh, Neil is it? Uh, Wilkin? Uh, Wilkinson? I don't know. It was a one-on-one. John Casey, I think. John Casey at the, Casey at the yeah. end. That one that's, was. That's
1: maybe my favorite goal of all time. That one right there. Who
0: was the defenseman? I can't, I'm drawing I a blank. So.
2: I don't know. I don't know. It's just, you we'll it it know, to me, we'll it's get just like a nameless,
1: break. faceless rube. I, I'm sorry to whoever it was, but <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I, the, 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 the dangle that McDavid made when he went inside outside on the guy's stick to the backhand that quickly is truly breathtaking. Yeah. There's, there's no, there's
1: no. There's How no he handles hand. the puck, the speed he moves is unbelievable,
2: for sure. But I like, I don't need to go back on the Matthew
0: Kachuk.
1: It was amazing. It, it I, was amazing. I didn't want to take away amazing from that play. I, I mean, don't
0: want to take away from uh, Kachuk's. You don't think some...
1: Kachuk's any good, eh? I'm
0: oh, kidding. <laughs> come on. No, it's, it's, it, it is a, it's a, it's a all talent goal too. You got to have some soft it's, hands. It's a one you gotta...
1: moment reactionary exceptional play, but.
0: Sean Chambers. You know what the scary part of it is? I, I played with Sean Chambers. I could not pull that well, one Neil out. Well, Neil
1: Wilkinson was right, too. You had you had two names. There
0: was two. He was on the roster, too, at the time? He was. Yeah, he was involved. Sean Chambers oh, and Neil see, Wilkinson. There you go. You had them both. All right. I'm not as bad as I thought. Okay. After the break...